Thank you for joining us on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon on this Wednesday. And today's message is entitled, The Potter and His Clay. It comes from Romans chapter 9, verses 1 through 29. And beginning with verse 1, he says, I speak the truth in Jesus. I am not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption as sons and daughters. Theirs the divine glory, the covenant, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs. From them they trace the human ancestry of Christ Jesus, who is, who is God over all, forever praised. Amen. It is not enough, though God's word had failed, for not all who are descended from Israel are Israel's, nor because they are descendants, they are all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. In other words, it is not the natural children who are God's children, sons and daughters, but it is the children of the promise who are regarded as Abraham's offspring. For this was how the promise was stated. At the appointed time I will return and Sarah will have a son. Not only that, but Rebekah's children had one and the same father, our father Isaac. Yet before the twins were born, or had done anything good or bad, in order that God's purpose in the election might stand, not by works, but by him who calls, she was told. The older will serve the younger, just as it is written, Jacob I loved but Esau I hated. When they saw, or when they shall, we say, is an unjust God? Not at all, for he says to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. It does not, therefore, depend on a man's desires or efforts, but it depends on God's mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy on, and he hardens the hearts of whom he wants to harden. One of you say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who resists his will? But who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to what say to the one who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the clay, that same lump of clay, some pottery for noble purposes, and some pottery for common uses? What if God chooses to show his wrath and make his power known? 
bore with the great bore with great patience the objects of his wrath, prepare for destruction. What if he did this to make the riches of his glory known to the objects of his mercy? When he prepared in advance for glory, even us whom he called, not only the Jews, but he also called the Gentiles, as it is, as it says in Hosea, I will call them my people, who are not my people, and I will call her my loved one, who is not my loved one. And it will happen that in the very place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called sons and daughters of the living God. Isaiah cried out concerning Israel, Though the number of the Israelites are like the sand by the sea, only a remnant will be saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on the earth with speed and finality. It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, we would become like Sodom, we, we have become or have been like Gomorrah. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and we thank you for your love and for your mercy and we thank you for this scripture today. Lord, we pray you will give me words and wisdom as we bring forth today's podcast, The Potter and His Clay. We ask it in your name. Amen. Amen. So, let's think about this, the potter and the clay. Have you ever put clay on a pottery wheel or have you ever modeled something out of clay? Sometimes it doesn't look like a pot or it doesn't look like a vase. Sometimes if you put it on a potter's wheel, you have to be careful that it doesn't go too fast or that you have enough water on your hands so you can keep the clay moist and you can make the shape. It takes great skill. If we look back through history, we can see pottery made hundreds and thousands of years ago. Some of it is in shards, pieces, where it broke for one reason or another, because of war, because of wear, maybe somebody dropped it. But others are still in pristine as if the day they were made. Some of them are very, very valuable and monetary because someone made it and depending on that artist that made it, it's valuable because of a name. But think about it today. We want to look at the scripture in a bigger picture. We think of God as the potter and we are the clay. You know, there are many people in the world today that don't believe in Christ Jesus. They say, I don't believe. How do you feel about that when someone says, I don't believe in your God, or I don't believe that Jesus died on the cross, or I don't believe Jesus rose from the dead? You know, the Bible is just a book. You know, when you hear those words, sometimes you have to think about it when you hear it from someone, especially when it's someone close to you. Do these words, when they say that, I don't believe in Christ, does it upset you? Does it grieve you? Does it bring sadness? 
especially if it's a close friend or a family member. For us, it can challenge our faith sometimes. Not that we will step away from God, but that we want to see our loved ones saved. Sometimes it's the pain of knowing that they've turned their back. It can be unbearable in our humanity sometimes. But we say sometimes as Christians, why doesn't God intervene? Why doesn't God open their hearts and their minds to hear the gospel? But you know, I believe as pastors, sometimes we preach the message. I believe people hear it, but we have free will. We have the will to accept the word of God as it is. We have the will to reject it, not to believe. It takes great faith to believe in the word of God. It takes great faith to believe in God. You know, why did he save us? and not them. We think of the writers in, in Romans chapter 9, when the writer reminds us, Paul reminds us about Israel. Israel thought they were the only ones, that they were doing right. But it was opened up to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, God just did not reserve it for the Jewish people. Is God unjust? God is a just God. The writer tells us here in verse 14 of chapter 9 of Romans, What then shall we say? Is God unjust? And Paul tells us, Not at all. And he gives an example from the Old Testament. He says, for he says, Moses says, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy. God has mercy on us today. He paid, a, he sent his son to pay a sin debt that we could not. God gave us a way of being restored in right relationship with him. The writer goes on in verse 14, the latter half, of verse 14, chapter 9 of Romans, he said, I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. This opportunity is for all people, God's mercy and God's compassion. But it doesn't depend on what we can do. In our humanity, our efforts are fruitless. It's only through God's mercy in verse 16, that we can come into the right relationship of God. We think of verse 17 talks about Pharaoh. You know, the scripture reminds us that it's mentioned that he raised him up for this very purpose. That, his, that God's might and power might be proclaimed in all the earth. But Pharaoh hardened his heart. Pharaoh had a choice. God didn't make him, but God allowed him. Could God have intervened at any time for the Israelites during their captivity? Of course. But there was a greater purpose in all of it. God has mercy 
on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens the hearts of whom he wants to harden. You know, God is always standing there as we talked about the prodigal son's father. He's waiting and watching. Now the prodigal son could have continued eating the slop from the pigs. He could have continued in that job. But God put the thought in his mind. God showed him that even the servants had better food than what he was eating. He came to the rational realization that it was his father who provided for the servants. God the Father provides for each and every one of us today. But we have a choice. We have a choice. We can choose to believe or we can choose to not believe in Christ. We're not a robot. God gave us free will. We can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. And we can take a look at that and see. Adam had a choice. Eve had a choice. But they believed the devil's lie. They thought they would be like God just to know what good and evil was. But when their eyes were open and they saw what they had done, they hid from God. But God sought them out. You say, Adam, Adam, where are you? We don't know how long it was before Adam told him that he was naked, told him of what had happened. But then they faced judgment, they faced punishment for their decision. You know, we live in a world today where sometimes things we do, sometimes things we say have consequences. But I thank God that we have a God that forgives, a God that has mercy for us, a God that is compassion for people, whether they're Jew or Gentile, non-Jew, whether African, American, European, South American, Asian, whatever. God has mercy on us today. And God has compassion for people. He reminds us of a, that in the church, we are to have mercy on people. You know, we don't always understand the whys or the what for but we have to give it over to God and trust Him. We think about this writer, Paul, when he says, what do you make of this? Who are we to talk back to God? Who are we to, to curse God? Who are we to blame God? You know, when you're in a situation in life, sometimes of our own hand or sometimes extenuating, we always say, why God, why me? It's easy to blame God. But the writer tells us here, he says, does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common uses? People are called to different tasks, different purposes. 
for the glory of God, not for the glory of themselves. Some will have noble purposes, such as pastors, evangelists, but it doesn't put them above anybody else. We're still accountable to God. It's not about having luxury things, having a, how many houses and cars or jets or whatever it may be. Those are only things. We can't take them with us. God does provide what we need to get the job done, to spread the message of hope, the message of God's mercy, the message of God's compassion. It says, what if God's choosing to show his wrath and make his power known, bore with great patience the object of his wrath, prepare for destruction. When we look around and we see natural disasters and we see the bigger picture, sometimes I believe, and it's, it's probably stepping out on a limb here, but sometimes I think they're wake-up calls. God is trying to wake up people. God is trying to get our attention. We don't always understand. But something good can come from that. God has our best interest at heart. The writer in Hosea says, I will call them my people who are not my people. That is the hope for the non-Jews today, for the Christians, for those who are not of Jewish descent heirs to the promise. God opened the door for all people. Red, yellow, black, and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world, not just this country or that country or America or this country or that. God calls all people who are not his people. He said, I will call her my loved one, who is not my loved one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's our hope today. That's our hope. It can happen right here in this very moment. That we can go from being estranged from God, separated from God, that we can be called his people. We can be called sons and daughters of the living God. Isaiah cried out in verse 27 concerning Israel. He said, though the number of the Israelites will be like the sand by the sea, only a remnant will be saved. When we read through scripture, we see that through the Old Testament we see this remnant of Israel that is saved. For the Lord will carry out his sentence on the earth with speed and with finality. He tells us there's a judgment coming. We either believe or we don't. But we need to pray for our loved ones that God will open their hearts and their minds to the gospel. 
The writer tells us in verse 29, It is just as Isaiah said previously, unless the Lord Almighty had left us descendants, meaning the descendants of Israel, we would become like Sodom. Sodom was destroyed. We, we have become like Gomorrah. And Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. But God left descendants. You know, the Israelites, their Messiah had come, and yet they rejected him. Today, the Messiah has come. Do we accept him? Do we believe in him? Or do we reject him? Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the potter and the clay. We thank you that you formed each and every one of us, that we are uniquely and wonderfully made. Lord, whether we're male or female, you made each and every one of us. You created Adam. You created Eve. You created all of humankind for fellowship. You created us for a purpose. Lord, each and every one of us have a purpose in the kingdom of God. Each one of us has a calling here on earth, in the ministry, in the church. The calling is to share the good news. We don't have to be a preacher, a teacher, an evangelist, a prophet, whatever it may be. We just need to share our testimony. We need to share what God has done for us. God showed mercy for us today. And God shows compassion for you and I. That's our hope. We have the hope to be called loved ones, sons and daughters of the living God. That should make us shout for joy today. We thank you, Lord, that you forgive us, that you give us a hope of eternity. It's what it's all about. But Lord, is the potter with his pottery wheel as he turns it. It can go fast, it can go slow. Each one of us is like that lump of clay and you're molding us. You're making us, you're shaping us. Lord, sometimes it can be painful. Sometimes we want to be like that clay that wants to lean to the right or to the left. Or sometimes the wall of the clay pot or the clay vase is very thin and it starts to lean. But Lord, I, I thank you that you can start over. You forgive us. The potter can put the lump of clay back into a ball or a square and then he can get wet his hands and he can remold us, make us, shape us. Because he has mercy on us today. The mercy is we don't deserve what we deserve because of our sin, our disobedience. Today God is calling you back. The Messiah has come. 
Are we going to accept him? Are we going to reject him? We have a choice today. And Lord, we're not going to believe, we're not going to understand everything. Sometimes it, it can be above us. But Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that can help us in our unbelief. Lord, we live in a world today where everything is anti-this uh, anti and anti-that. But there's still hope. As the writer tells us about the Israelites, they were like the sand of the sea. Humanity is like the sand of the sea. But scripture tells us that only a remnant will be saved. We don't know how many, how many that number will be. Scripture tells us that the road is going to be less traveled. And that's, that's sad. But people have a choice. We can't make it for them. We can only share the gospel. We can encourage them. We can fellowship. We can pray for them. That's the greatest thing that we can do as Christians, is to pray for those that don't believe in Christ. Especially if it's a friend or a family member. And Lord, if we're struggling in pain, it's unbearable because of that. We know that we can call out to you. We pray, Lord, that you will open their hearts and their minds to the gospel, to the message of hope. That they will turn from their wicked ways or the ways that are unbelieving. And they will accept you as their personal savior. That's our hope today. Lord, I, I think of a story of a lady. For 20 years, she prayed for her son, who had stepped away from the Lord, was raised in the church. He stepped away and did what he wanted to do, got into drugs and, and all kinds of sinful things. But the mother never gave up hope. As the son began to grow and become uh, a young adult, it seemed like he was getting deeper and deeper and deeper into sin. The mother continued to pray for 20 years. And one Sunday morning, who come into the church? Who had reached rock bottom? It was her son. For 20 years the mother prayed. The pastor was giving an order call and the son went forward and repented of his sins. As the writer tells us, God has mercy. God is quick to hear us. God is quick to forgive. God will have compassion on us. Today, many people throughout the world have bought the lie, the lies from the devil. They're not good enough. Or when things get better, they'll accept the Lord as their personal Savior. Or God can't forgive me of this sin or that sin. 
The scripture tells us God has mercy. Mercy is forgiveness. God's calling his people today who are not his people. God is calling us to be one of his loved ones who are not his loved ones. So Lord, we pray for those that don't know you as their personal savior, those that are hearing the gospel for the first time, those, Lord, that don't know you. But Lord, we know that you can open their hearts and their minds for them to hear the word of God. We pray, Lord, that you will keep Keep us going down that path that we will not give up praying for our loved ones, praying for friends and family that don't believe in you. And Lord, help us not to get frustrated. Help us not to carry this pain. Because Lord, you give each one of us a choice. You give us free will. We can't make people accept you. Only you can stir their hearts and their minds. So Lord, we ask you today to intervene in these lives of family members and loved ones who don't know you. But today can be that day. And Lord, like this lady, if we have to pray 20 years, Lord, help us never to give up. Help us to continue to pray until we see the victory because we believe that you hear our prayers. You know the desires of our hearts. Lord, send someone across their path that don't know you as their, that don't know you. Someone that can come alongside that person and share the word of God, become a friend, to listen, to pray for them. Lord, we live in a great big world, but we can pray here in Mauritius, or we can pray in America for someone far, far away. Lord, you know the situation. We pray for the many nations where people are lost. They're numbered like the sands of the sea. We pray for a great awakening among the pastors that have grown frustrated, that don't see people coming to the altars, that don't see people coming to to the saving grace of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord, that you will give them strength to continue on, to face another day, to face another challenge, that they don't give up. And Lord, we pray for the moms and dads who pray for their children. Lord, we live in a world today where there's so much, so many voices clamoring for their sons and daughters' attention. So much disinformation, so much out there that is, that is filling their minds with, with nonsense. And they don't believe. But Lord, all they have to do is open the word of God and begin to read. As we've mentioned many times, for God so loved the world. God loved the world. God loves us. God cares for us. God has mercy and compassion for us today. It's what it's all about. 
It's the greatest love story ever told on the pages of the Bible. And that love story includes you and I. It includes our family members. But they have to make a choice. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus that you will keep your hand of mercy and your hand of protection upon us. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us on this Wednesday on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon. And we look forward to joining you with a new message of hope on Thursday. God bless and have a great day.